Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about how being a patron of the arts could help you live longer, an upcoming supernova we may be able to see with the naked eye, and the superhuman speed of bird vision. Let's satisfy some curiosity. New research suggests that engaging with the arts can be good for your health. And hey, this is good news for me. I love me a good trip to an art museum or an evening out to see a musical. So tonight, the day this episode drops, I'm seeing a musical. This Saturday, I'm going to a video game music-themed concert. In two weeks, I'm seeing Riverdance. The night after that, I'm going to Chicago Shakespeare Theater. Oh my gosh. I'm pretty much obsessed with theater and the arts and musicals. Wow. So I'm patronizing all of the arts, like the stuff that you create when you play saxophone. Huh. All right. You're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I've only seen you perform once. But it was really good. (laughs) Thank you. So according to a recent study from University College London, patronizing the arts could keep you alive longer. You heard that right. The more often you engage with the arts, the lower your risk of death. This new research included participants from the English Longitudinal Study of Aging. For this, researchers looked at over 6,000 English people over the age of 50 and measured how often they attended concerts, theater, opera, museums, and art galleries. And this was back in 2004 when their data was first collected. Then, 12 years later, the researchers circled back to see how the arts lovers were doing. The researchers found that people who engaged in arts activities once or twice a year had a 14% lower risk of dying during the follow-up period than those who never visited a museum or saw a concert. The people who engaged in arts activities even more often, say every few months or more, had a 31% lower risk of dying during the study. I guess that makes me pretty much immortal. (laughs) You might be thinking the difference could be chalked up to a person's economic or social class. Maybe wealthier people who have access to better diets and easier lifestyles and higher quality health care also happen to go to the museum more often. But the researchers did think about this economic disparity too, and they corrected for that. Engaging with the arts was still linked to a longer life even after the researchers accounted for a range of economic, health, and social factors. Here's what they think is up with the arts. Trips to the opera, they say, could relieve chronic stress and depression and provide emotional, cognitive, and social support and help us stay alive and happy longer. Concerts and museums promote empathy, social perception, and emotional intelligence, which are all linked to a greater chance of survival. And one more thing. Arts engagement could help cut down on our sedentary behaviors, like staring at screens. A walk through a museum isn't exactly taxing, but it sure beats sitting on a couch watching Netflix. And the more active we are, the better our hearts and immune systems work. Basically, art is good for you, for all sorts of reasons. Maybe it's time we all took a trip to the museum. In late 2018, we were all talking about the movie A Star is Born. And thanks to a red supergiant called Betelgeuse, we may soon learn about how a star dies, too. So stars die all the time, but you can see this star without a telescope and it may be about to blow. Betelgeuse is the brightest star in the constellation of Orion. It's also one of the brightest objects we can observe from Earth with the naked eye. You can spot it by looking for Orion the Hunter, then finding his left armpit. That's Betelgeuse. Recently, this star has mysteriously dimmed to less than half of its usual brightness, and scientists aren't sure why. Here's what we do know. Betelgeuse will eventually explode. And we know how that happens and what it looks like because we've seen it before. 
Right now, Betelgeuse actually burns brighter than our sun because it's at least 10 times as massive, which means it has more fuel. But it's also using that fuel much faster, which means it'll die sooner. It has a 10 million year lifespan to our sun's 10 billion years, and its time is almost up. When its fuel runs out, the nuclear reactions in Betelgeuse's core that keep it shining will stop. The core will collapse in on itself because it lacks the heat and outward radiation force needed to balance the force of gravity from pulling everything inward. The resulting shockwave will destroy Betelgeuse in an explosion called a supernova, which will make it temporarily brighter than the rest of the stars in our galaxy put together. We're far enough away that the explosion won't kill us, but Betelgeuse's relative proximity to Earth means it should be quite a show. The supernova will be visible during the daytime for weeks and as bright as the full moon at night. It'll truly be a once-in-a-lifetime event because the last supernova observed from Earth happened hundreds of years ago. But it's unclear if it'll happen during any of our lifetimes. Scientists estimate that Betelgeuse could blow any time within the next 100,000 years. Soon by astronomical standards, but not so soon by human ones. But some think that mysterious dimming could be a signal that Betelgeuse's end is near. Whether that's true, we just don't know. Scientists have considered several different theories, including something as simple as a cloud of dust obscuring the star. But the dramatic dimming has caught astronomers' attention, so now, no matter what happens in the next 1 to 100,000 years, we're bound to learn more about how red supergiants behave as they approach death. I, for one, am very much ready to see a supernova with the naked eye. But I feel like I should make this important note. You said the name of the star more than three times. <laughs> but you were not saying Betelgeuse. Right. Some people say Betelgeuse. But from everything I've seen, it's correctly pronounced Betelgeuse. Right. And it's a different spelling than the titular film starring Michael Keaton. We could all just say Betelgeuse, Betelgeuse, Betelgeuse. And see if, and see if the star goes supernova. Goes nova. I love this plan. Let's do it. If all the listeners pitch in. Yeah. It's like when you go to Disney on ice and you have to like clap to save the fairies. You never did you that. You go to so many more shows than I do. <laughs> okay. To be fair, it's been a while since I went to Disney on ice. <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by Purple Mattress. Sure. We don't know when Betelgeuse is going to go supernova, but you don't have to wait around for a hundred thousand years just to get a good night's sleep. So if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, then you've got to try a Purple Mattress. The Purple Mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced because it uses a brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. So it feels unique because it's both firm and soft at the same time. The Purple Mattress keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable. Plus, it's breathable, so it sleeps cool. It's not like the memory foam you're probably used to. When you order, you'll get a 100-night risk-free trial. If you're not fully satisfied, you can return your mattress for a full refund. It's also backed by a 10-year warranty with free shipping and returns. You're going to love Purple. And right now, Curiosity Daily listeners will get a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's on top of all the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text CURIOUS to 84888. The only way to get this free pillow is to text CURIOUS to 84888. That's C-U-R-I-O-U-S to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Everyone knows that birds can see better than humans can, but how fast do they see? In other words, how quickly can they sense visual impressions before them? Thanks to a brand new study from Lund University, we know for the first time. And it turns out that falcon's vision isn't just fast, it's freaky fast. For this study, researchers measured something called flicker fusion frequency. 
You know how films with lower frame rates look kind of jerky? Like you can see the difference between the frames, but higher frame rates look smooth and steady. This may be especially obvious in video games with low and high frame rates, but you get the idea. That's the basic principle here. Basically, scientists flash light at different speeds and determine the fastest speed that still lets the eye perceive it as individual flashes. The results show that the peregrine falcon has the fastest vision. A peregrine falcon in bright light can register 129 hertz, meaning you can flash light that many times per second and they can still distinguish the flashes. Under the same conditions, the Saker Falcon can distinguish a speed of 102 flashes per second, and the Harris's Hawk can distinguish 77 flashes per second. Okay, but how fast can humans see? Well, the Peregrine Falcon puts us to shame, and honestly, so do the Saker Falcon and Harris's Hawk. Humans can distinguish a maximum of 60 flashes per second. When it comes to the movies, we only need to see 25 images per second in order to see movement, instead of a slideshow of pictures. Even at the super high frame rate that's graced some recent films and video games, the Peregrine Falcon would probably be like, cool slideshow, humans. But why do some birds see faster than others? The researchers say it all comes down to the bird's hunting needs. The Peregrine Falcon hunts fast-flying birds, and the Harris's Hawk hunts small, slower mammals on the ground. The bottom line is that birds who hunt fast prey also have the fastest vision. That kind of makes sense. They evolved the ability because they need it to eat. The new findings are cool on their own, but they also have implications for birds in captivity. Now that we know how fast these birds can see, it highlights the need to be careful about giving them lighting that shimmers, flickers, or blinks. Their eyes, it turns out, are much more sensitive than ours. So keep that in mind the next time you have a dance rave in your bird house. Now I'm just thinking about birds watching raves. <laughs> All right, so what did we learn today? Well, I learned that Cody will never die. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> because engaging with the arts is linked to a longer life. And that's even after you control for income, which is super surprising. And I know I joked about it, but it can be really expensive to see shows. But if you live near a college and university, a lot of times their arts departments will have free performances. I actually live really close to DePaul University, and I signed up for their newsletter. And so whenever there's a student concert, a concert band, saxophone quartet, whatever, I get a little bulletin. I can go see a jazz band for free. It's a good time. Yeah, and I know during the summer, I play lots of gigs outside in parks, and like park districts will have outdoor concerts all the time. Yeah, good times. But who needs a concert when you can look up and see a supernova? Oh, gosh, I hope Betelgeuse goes supernova. I really want it to. It'd be really cool. There's only a, you know, X in 100,000 years chance yeah. while we're alive. <laughs> so small, but hey, it's Betelgeuse, the armpit of Orion the hunter. And we do think it's going to explode in the next 100,000 years. And we found out that birds of prey don't just fly fast. They see fast, too. And I really just want to watch a movie with a peregrine falcon and see what it thinks about my frame rate. About <laughs> your frame rate? <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, you like this DVD? And the peregrine falcon would be like, I have a way better setup. <laughs> I want to go to the peregrine falcon's house and watch movies there. Probably has top of the line. Super top of the line. Today's stories were written by Kelsey Donk and Steffi Drucker and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Today's episode of Curiosity Daily was scripted, produced, and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network. 